They're overrated. This guy's a future MVP. They need to blow it up. Pay this guy. The regular season matters. He's mediocre. Your opinion's wrong. Welcome to Mediocre Sport Opinion. Welcome to episode 7 of our podcast. Today we're going to be doing an MLB Week in Review, and I am joined by... Hello, this is Max. Hello everybody, this is Thomas. One big thing that did happen this week was that Alex Mills of the Chicago Cubs tossed his first career no-hitter against the Brewers, allowed three walks, and only had five strikeouts. His performance was the first no-hitters by a Cubs pitcher since Jake Arrieta in April 2016. And also, his five strikeouts were the fewest in an individual no-hitter since Dallas Braden's perfect game. Yes, it was a very lucky no-hitter. I believe, based off the batted ball results, he had something like a 1 in 10,000 chance of this being a no-hitter. Impressive performance still, though. This was also the first time in history that a White Sox pitcher and a Cubs pitcher have thrown a no-hitter in the same year. So, some history to it as well. And what'd you say? He also went to some pizza place afterwards? Yes, he went to some, I don't know how to say its name, but some famous Chicago pizza place after. Maybe you should go there this weekend. Maybe I should. Deep dish, I'm sure. Yeah. Another thing that happened this week was very unfortunate news that A's star third base, Matt Chapman, will be out for the rest of the year with a hip injury. Yes, and it's putting somewhat of a doubt on his 2021 debut, I believe, for opening day. Yeah, it's going to be a big loss for them. They're leading right now in the AL West. He's a big part of their team, a big part of their defense, and they're definitely going to miss him this year. Yes, it's looking like the A's will probably be a two or three seed for the playoffs this year. This is a big blow. He's a good player, solid defense. They did pick up Jake Lamb, though, to replace him off waivers after the Diamondbacks waivered him. Yes, he should. he's been a good player in his past. Struggled the last few years, but if he can get back to what he's been, at the beginning of his career, he's a solid replacement for Matt Chapman this year. He's doing well in today's game against the Rockies. He's 3-for-2, or 2-for-3, sorry. Good start to his athletic career then. Yep. He has a 500 average so far. Something else that occurred is that Cole Hamels is coming off the DL for the Braves. Could be a big boost to their starting rotation, but we'll see how he does. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks in the rotation between all the pitchers they've lost this year, and they're going to need a good debut from him to finish the rest of the season strong. Yeah, like you said, he can add a lot of um, quality innings to this team that's lost Soroka. They've had Fulton Nedwich, DFA'd, and they just need some more guys to step up in that rotation. One team that has stepped it up this week is the New York Yankees. They've won six in a row, I believe, after losing seven in a row. So they're showing some major improvement, especially out of Luke Voigt. He's doing really well for them. Yes, Voigt leading the Major League home run by two with 18. Their 30 pitching has looked a lot better these last few days, giving them a big boost. Do you know what seed they currently would be? They would currently be the five seed. They they play the Minnesota Twins in the first round, I believe. Awesome. We love that. Us Twins fans love playing the Yankees. Has their bullpen improved at all since this winning streak started? Yes, their bullpen, I believe, is on a scoreless streak currently. It's still a little top-heavy with some injuries, but they should be fine for the time being. It's looking better still. All right, that's some good signs for some Yankees fans out there. They're in a big series right now with the Blue Jays that they've been winning. They demolished them last night, scoring 20 runs. Yes, they need to finish winning out this series in order to stay ahead of the Blue Jays. 
one big series that's happening right now is the Twins and White Sox. The White Sox are currently the best team in the AL. They've so far played two games, and the White Sox have taken both of them, both of them very tight games. Then we still have two more games, I believe. Yeah, Jose Abreu's looks super impressive in this series so far. He has five hits and nine at-bats. So their hitting is really good. The Twins pitching has been decent, but the Twins offense just hasn't found a way to get runners in in scoring position. I believe on in Monday's game, they left 15 runners on base, which you're just not going to win games like that. So the, the White Sox pitching has looked really good. Yeah, this puts a lot more confidence in the White Sox pitching heading into the postseason, making it look like more, much more like a dangerous team. G. Lito's going to be on the mound tonight, so that's going to be a pretty tough game. The Twins are going to have Odorizzi, though, as well, but G. Lito might shut him out. One thing to note is the Twins have had G. Lito's. They've, they've taken advantage of when he's on the mound. He's had probably his two worst starts of the year against the Twins, so look for them to have another big game against him. Another good thing for the Twins is that game four, they will have Maeda on the mound, but White Sox still have announced who they have, but that will be definitely good for them. As they're trying to lock up that number one seed in the AL. Yeah, Taylor Rogers had another bad outing on Monday. Gave up two runs. He just hasn't looked very sharp for the Twins, so I'm kind of concerned about him, especially heading into the playoffs. Max, do you think he could improve, or where do you think that bullpen sits? I think there's definitely room for Rogers to improve. He was based off last year. He was showing as a dominant reliever. The only thing is he doesn't throw high velocity, so there's always that where you can't always overpower people as much but twins pitching does need to twins pitching has been terrible this series but it can be better they can limit these white Sox have got a few crooked number innings the twins do, offense to do you like that the twins have been kind of going closer by committee this like, year yeah i like that i think it's better than having your sign closer bring out your best reliever when you need the time and bring him in high situation another big series that is happening right now is the battle for the best record in the NL right now between the Dodgers and Padres. It's in a three-game series right now. They're in game three. They split the first two. I think Padres won like 7-2 to two the first game, and then the Dodgers won last night 3-1. to one. And right now they're playing, and it's tied up in the bottom in the top of the third, 1-1. Yeah, this is a matchup for probably the two best teams in baseball this year, showing off to be a good series. Dyson Lamette did really well in game one. He threw seven innings and only gave up one earned run. Yeah, Tony Goslin repeated that performance on Tuesday for the Dodgers, going seven innings, one run with only two strikeouts. And the the Dodgers pitching is quite good this year. Really shut down the Padres offense yesterday. These two teams appear to be the most well-rounded teams in the NL. I think the Dodgers are kind of afraid at this point of the Padres. They kind of see that they're a big competition for them. The Dodgers have kind of been the team of the NL the big dogs, and now the Padres are coming for them. So that would be such a fun series to watch. They both have bullpen days today. Their stars were already pulled in today's game. It's only the third inning. Yeah, Dustin May was a scratch from today, so Bruce Sargraderall was the opener for today. The Dodgers and Padres are currently scheduled to be playing each other, which would be the NLDS, which... If they both win. If they both win, but, like, they deserve to be playing each other in NLCS, but, unfortunately... The Padres are in the same division, so they would end up being the four seed because of the seeding rule this year. Now we're going to move on to our player of the weeks. One of the players, well, we mentioned both of them previously, but our NL player of the week is Alex Mills. He tossed a no-hitter, did a great job, only struck out five people. And even before that, he's had six scoreless innings his previous start before that, so he did really well this week. 
Yeah, the player of the week for us in the American League would be Luke Voigt. Hitting 350 over his last five games with a 950 slugging, four home runs, 12 RBIs. Really been carrying the Yankees offense. And it's been the strong point when this team has been going weak. Yeah, also shout out to Marlon starting pitch, rookie starting pitcher Cisco Sanchez. He went 2-0 this week, only having a .69 ERA and 10 strikeouts in 13 innings pitch. Yeah, the Marlins are still impressing. They're sitting at 24-22. and 22. They would be in the playoffs as of right now, and they're just a great story for the MLB this year. No one thought they would be anywhere near a playoff team. Most probably thought they'd be one of the worst NL teams, and for them to be in a playoff position is incredibly impressive. So shout out to them. Derek Jeter knows how to win. In other big news this week, Steve Cohen agreed to buy the Mets in a deal worth over two point four billion dollars he was already an owner of it but now he's going to take majority of it yes i believe this sale will give him 95 or so percent of the mets and it's just waiting on a final vote he needs 23 with the 30 voters to approve the sale will steve cohen increase mets spending this offseason i would have to believe so i believe he said he wants to have this team win and he is will become the richest owner in baseball i think they're going to go after jt ramuto and george springer I mean, it'll be a huge pickup there. Ramos' deal done after the year. They need a catcher and he'd be stealing from a division rival. They could easily afford him. Yeah, this team's biggest weakness is always in their lineup. So to add one or even both of those guys would improve their team because they already have a really good pitching staff and Syndergaard, DeGrom, Stroman. So they have to resign Stroman first. Yeah, they have to resign Stroman. Will they, do you think? I they might. I, You'd be surprised. I think he would only want a one-year deal since he didn't pitch this year. It's possible. I don't know. It might, seems weird. He sat out the year with injury and then opted out. But I don't know. He might want to prove to people that he's worth any, anything because he didn't pitch at all this year and he struggled the year before. Replace him with Trevor Bauer? One-year deal right there? I wouldn't want to pay Trevor Bauer that much when you already have DeGrom and Syndergaard. I'd rather pay deal. for the bats than another pitcher. Some more big news came out that the MLB playoffs, they'll be held in bubbles. So the NL's teams will be in Texas and Arlington and Houston. And then the AL will be in San Diego and Los Angeles. Yeah, so the, the wild card rounds will be held in the higher seeds ballpark for all three games. Followed by them looking at the bubbles after, like, yeah, two days off after that, I believe. And what did you say the scheduling for that's going to be like? Are there will be no off days during the series until the World Series, which will be normal. Just off days in between series. Yeah, so they're trying to get this whole thing done quick and just get to the off season, really. Yeah, I think they would kind of want to keep on schedule to start their season where they usually do, which would be April 1st. So they're just trying to get as many games in as soon as possible. So we'll see if it has any effect on pitching or anything like that. But Yes, this will put a lot more of an emphasis on starting pitching. And apparently the teams did not know about this limited off days in the postseason which is surprising because I would have assumed that have a big impact on the trade deadline. It definitely would have. I would trade for a bunch more arms because a lot of teams that needed arms didn't trade for them at all. Yeah, because you're looking at two teams with definitely enough arms between the Dodgers and Indians, and the rest of the teams all have question marks after that. Yep, that's definitely true. And also Manfred did come out and say that he kind of wants to keep this format going forward, which I think is a great move by him. I disagree. I believe he said, with, I believe he, said he talked to the owners and they all agreed with it, but... This seems to be more of him listening towards the owners and the money than listening to the fans who majority don't want this, and it takes away from the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I do like the idea of getting more teams involved, but just the seeding and all that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 
Because, like, if you finish second in your division, but you have the second best record, like the Padres currently are, and you get the four seed, that just doesn't seem fair to me. But I would like to see some changes in the seeding. But other than that, I, I do like the idea of getting more teams involved in the playoffs. They just want to make more money, and this will definitely help them make more money. They especially want to keep it because how much money they're probably going to lose this year by only playing like 60 games. So they want to make up for that money that they lost, which they would do by having expand playoffs. The Steve Cohen buying of the Mets, though, disproves the fact that these teams lose money. Didn't they? Because when they first agreed, didn't he? Wasn't the agreement priced like three billion or two point like eight billion? I want to say, and then now it actually went down compared to what it was when they had that first agreement. I am not sure. I'm pretty sure I read that he originally was supposed to buy it for two point eight or two point six million, but then it went down. There's two upcoming series that we want to highlight. One of them is happening this weekend between the Cubs and Twins, and the other is happening later on Monday, I believe, with the with the White Sox and Indians, and that'll be a good series with that division wide open, I'd say. Yeah, with kind of a packed AL Central, a lot of those teams can can gain games on each other since they're playing each other. I believe the Twins are three games back right now, so if they can take the final game against the White Sox and then have the Indians beat the White Sox, then they can get closer to becoming the first seed in that division. I think that's pretty much all we have for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Um, hope you're tuning to the games this week. And remember, your opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does. <laughs>